Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. On the show this week, we'll be discussing Crash Bandicoot, Xbox New Play Anywhere program, Ubisoft support of the NX, and potentially a listener topic if we have time before capping it all off with a round of What the Wiki. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, Jake. Hi. Mm, Matt. <laughs> Hello. I've broken my order already. Uh, Kevin. Hello there. Hello there, indeed. How are we all doing? I went so I good. went to say Medi, and then I'm like, Medi's not here at all. Who's that other guy? It's Kevin, but I've started saying M already. I'll just go with Matt. You uh, should have been like, we... Marvin. Yeah, yeah, Marvin, yeah. I've just, that was oh, like I just watched Finding Matt Mary. And... Maybe. But I, apparently anyway. his name's not Marvin. His name is Marlon. I don't know why I thought his name was Marvin all this time. But have you guys seen Finding Dory? Anyone? No, not yet. Nah. Unfortunately not. Got no... Uh, seems like a bit of a cash grab, doesn't it? Oh, oh mate. Finding Nemo was a classic. Hey, what? Dude, what? <laughs> yeah, no, you can't make a sequel. It's like making a sequel to, like, Citizen Kane, you know? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know about that. Debatable. But, okay. Well, uh, I'm curious what you guys have been playing the past fortnight. Let's begin, as we always do, by checking in with what we have been playing. Jake, let's kick things off with you. What have you been up to recently? Uh, what a great question. Well, last week on the podcast, we were talking about our back catalogue. And I did mention mm. that I was going to uh, delve back into mine. So what did I try to play? I tried to play uh, Black Ops, and I think I put in the Division and then turned it off straight away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I played Black Ops for a little bit, but uh, just got GTA uh, recently with the EB game sale. So I've been uh, playing some of that. We're, uh, we're all pretty keen to play together on that, aren't we, boys? Yeah, woo! That is the plan. Um, awesome. What about yourself, yeah, Kevin? About what have you been playing? Um, well, Steam sales are officially over, and I think I only picked up two games oh, at the end. Restraint. Is, yeah, really surprising. Um, but I decided to take the plunge and buy Arkham Knight on PC. Mm. And i got to say, I mean, I, I plugged in my 360 controller for it because the keyboard and mouse controls are a nightmare. Mm. Um but other than that, it, it's running pretty well. Like I've, I've got it cranked up to medium high settings. Um, it it looks amazing as it always does, and it's it's not it's not a locked sixty fps, but I'm hitting forty to sixty, which is I can deal with that. Like I'm happy with that, and it, it is quite a solid game as well. Yeah, yeah. So this is the first time you played it. You hadn't played it on any other platform. At no, all. no. Um, I I bought it on PS4 when it came out. Right. But I'm just yeah. I'm just re buying it. Yeah. You gonna collect all those Joker trophies? Riddler trophies. Riddler trophies. Yeah. Uh, God no. Oh, actually, yeah. Well, I did a fell Arkham Knight and Arkham Asylum, so maybe. Mm. Never okay. say never. All right. Can. Well, I'm interested to see how you come down. And did you play it all through the first time, or will this be your first completion? I, I, I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. I did. It, it was like it was solid. I liked it. Right. Okay. I'm surprised you liked it. Honestly, like all the games you hate on, you liked Arkham Knight enough oh, to play I, through it a second I, time. I, I didn't love it, <laughs> but. I like. I'm a, I'm a huge Batman, you know. Fair enough. Oh, Batman's like my one weakness. Okay. Like Krypton, like Kryptonite for Superman. I bet you're super excited for Batman VR then. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, pretty keen for that. All right. Uh, I thought you for a second you're about to say Batman v Superman. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that ship has sailed, sir. <laughs> what about yourself, Matt? What have you been up to? Uh, the most recent game I've been playing, aside from of course getting GTA is uh i've been reviewing grand kingdom for the site uh which is a mm. tactical jrpg that got released it got released uh like last year in japan but it's only recently come out sort of you know in um in the western world um and i gotta say like you know every now and then you get a, a rpg that switches things up and and you know changes the way you play it and and this one is sort of one of the the better ones um you know the battle system is different and you know unique and i like i know a lot of jrpgs are you know unique battle systems but this one it's i'm having a lot of fun with it like i find that once i play it for a while and then i'll stop playing and then i want to go back to play because you know you keep thinking of ways to you know change up the battle and and win and stuff like that and um mm. yeah the you know the style is really unique and it's a lot of fun so 
you know, that review will be up probably tomorrow or Thursday. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's what I've been on at the moment. So, cool, awesome. Well, I uh, I too put up a review in this past week. Uh, you will have seen my review for Heart and Slash uh, posted in the last couple of days or so. Um, which was it's a kind of a, a hack and slash slash hack and slash slash what a poor choice of words <laughs> i meant kind of forward slash um rogue like kind of game uh it's 3d uh it's quite cool it looks quite interesting um although i just wasn't really overly impressed with any aspects of the game sadly um i thought the premise was set up quite nicely and i thought the concept of the game was quite strong uh i kind of fully expected to enjoy it a lot more than i did like I, i've really got into roguelike games in the past um i spent heaps of time playing rogue legacy on my vita uh but yeah i sadly just couldn't get hooked to this one quite the same the combat just felt a little clunky at times uh the camera is super annoying it kind of clips through walls and just a little bit hard to control at times um which is a little disappointing but i still see a lot of potential out of those developers so keen to see what they do more um another game that i've been meaning to give you a shout out for a long time uh which i have been playing recently uh was salt and sanctuary it's this this dark souls-esque 2d uh side-scrolling platformer sort of slash game i guess um that uh it draws a lot of inspiration from dark souls um and it's super super fun really really good great game design um it's very cleverly put together as well like one for those kind of hardcore metroidvania style games i guess um it reminds me of symphony of the night and dark souls so like what more could you really want from a game right um so yeah i've been playing that in co-op if you like set up like your character a certain way you can spawn in uh, a co-op like a split screen co-op kind of guy uh, which was fun. A lot of pl fun playing that with my friend, indeed. Um, but not enough couch co-op games these these days. It's kind of annoying. It's, I like mm. going to go to a friend's house and, and play a co-op game. Absolutely. Is, is yeah, that right, Jake? Uh, very much so, mate. I miss it. <laughs> well, another game we miss a great deal is Crash Bandicoot. Uh, and I'm hence proposing a new segment for the podcast... Uh, which for now I'm just going to call as the Crash Bandicoot update, unless you guys have another another cool kind of snazzy name for it. Um, Matt's good with names. I'm, I hope he'll come up with one. Give me, uh, give me till the end of the podcast. Wait until the end of the podcast. Yeah. I'm happy to wait. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so guys, it's official. Crash is back with the character not only appearing in the upcoming Skylands Imaginators game, but also the original three games getting a remaster. Um, as further news comes out about this crash, obviously that news was revealed at E3, but as more comes out, I want to make sure we bring it to light here in the podcast, in this segment, which will be the Crash Bandicoot update. We may have this every week, and some weeks, most weeks we might go, there's no update, there's, there's no new news, but I'm, you know, we're excited about Crash, and I want to make sure we don't forget about these, can we, these games. Can we please, for uh, when you edit this, just put like the yeah. Ooga Booga sound in? It's like, Ooga Booga, yes. oh, another yes. Crash update. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. I swear, like, the world sound effect that they used for Crash, like, appeared in, like, all of the Naughty Dog games. I felt like I just heard it crop up sometimes. What, like no the spin? Else? Yeah, like, the, you know when he spins... Um, you know, it's like his circle attack or whatever. I swear that they reused that sound effect for Crash, for Jack, for Jack and Daxter, because he also has a spin attack. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised if they like did. I'm going to have to look back, look back. back. listen, yeah. and then play yeah. again. Interesting. Anyhow, the Crash Bandicoot news update. I'm yes. keen for you guys to weigh in on this. Okay. Uh, so the news this week was that the Crash edition pack of Skylanders Imaginators will be exclusive to Target in Australia. Um, it is important to note that the only way to obtain the Crash Skyland figure will be in this starter pack. A price isn't available yet, but we can expect it to be around $100, as they've been in the past. Uh, despite being available on both the PS4 and PS3 overseas, Target will only be stocking the PS4 pack in Australia. Um, hopefully, there'll be standalone figures released down the line. But, uh, Jake, to go back to you, I know you're super excited for Crash. So, is this, is this a bit annoying, this news? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm super excited for Crash, maybe not for Crash and Skylanders, um, but that's such a weird thing, because aren't Target getting rid of their digital section? Well, it looks like it. They yeah. keep clearing so stuff, like, right? And, and I mean, like, they've already been clearing stuff, so, like, how long is this going to be for? Like, a week, and then yeah. Target's like, oh, no more digital section. Sorry, Australia, you can't get this pack anymore. 
Um, yeah. yeah, that's a really weird move, and especially an exclusive at Target, like just out of everywhere to pick. That that's a weird one. Maybe like JB Hi-Fi, or even if you go with another electronics like Harvey Norman or something, maybe. But yeah, Target's an odd one. Yeah, well, Matt, you might know um, the Amiibos. Was there? There was an exclusive of Amiibo to Target at one stage, was there not? Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure uh, it was the Gold Mario that was uh, exclusive to Target. Uh, the Silver Mario yeah. was exclusive to EB. So, um, All right. that that being said, like uh, even Skylanders have had exclusives to different retailers. I remember they did one with a like it was a dark edition or something that was exclusive to EB or whatever. Um, as Jake said, it's really weird that it's going to Target of all places. Because I mean, yeah, if Target is downsizing their digital department, they're still they're taking pre-orders for PSVR. It's like, but by then they probably weren't even selling <laughs> PS4. So, you know, yeah. what's the point of that? Um, but I do think I do think it's a little annoying that it is exclusive to um, to Target, um, only because there's going to be so many people wanting to go and pre-order it from everywhere yeah. else and then it go oh yeah well you kind of can't get that one here so yeah and especially such a big thing like crash like it just would have been a oh, that'll, much it'll better sell. thing to it'll sell copies so yeah it's um you know it's just really weird that they would do it so mm. Mm. what about you kevin is this gonna prevent you purchasing it at all or are you gonna get it nonetheless um I'm probably gonna. I, I've never gotten into Skylanders, so as much as I love Crash, I'm definitely gonna be avoiding Imaginators. Um, even even if it was just like a standalone figure, because I mean, maybe I'd buy it for like just for display purposes, not for really gameplay. Mm. Um, and it, and maybe it'd have like a tie-in to the HD remakes. Um, knowing Activision, it it could very well, like much like how Amiibo have multiple functions across several games. Um, I could probably see that happening. Um, yeah, I was just surprised about the Target exclusive uh, coming from me. That's, you know, a big one. <laughs> um, yeah, because um, I have noticed the digital section sort of being downgraded. And from what we hear from the news, um, Target looks like it's sort of taking a different direction. So <clears throat> I'm surprised about the exclusive exclusivity. Um, they have been like a couple of exclusive uh, Skylander figures and vehicles. Um, I know there was one like helicopter that was only available at Target. Um, mm. But yeah, like EB, EB Games had the Dark Edition, um, and I'm sure, I'm sure it would have made much more sense that the Crash Edition would have been EB exclusive. So, I mean, we'll see what happens come launch. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like I'm still gonna pick it up because. Uh... I just really want that damn figure, but I wish I didn't have to get the game in in addition to it. Because yeah, as I said, like especially come the end of this year, I'm not going to be playing a Skylanders game. Let's face it. Um, but I certainly want that figure to display on my shelf. So it's going to be a bit of a toss-up for me. But uh, we shall see. In more positive news, though, I'm really liking what Xbox are doing with their new Play Anywhere program. Uh, it was an initiative announced back at E3, which allows Absolutely. you to buy participating games once and play them on both your Xbox One and Windows 10 PC. Uh, we've kind of seen this a little bit with Quantum Break, but not quite to the same extent as what they're planning to do here. So they are planning to bring all future first-party games to Windows 10 and PC. Uh, and PC. Windows 10 is PC. I wrote that wrong. Um, but this is the initial list of supported titles, which will uh, begin... So we'd launch uh, September 13th with uh, Recall, I believe it is. Um, but the full list of games we're supporting so far is Gears of War 4, Forza Horizon 3, Recall, Sea of Thieves, Halo 2, Halo Wars 2, Scalebound, Killer Instinct Season 3, State of Decay 2, Ark, Cuphead, We Have a Few, and Crackdown 3. So a quite extensive list. Um, really digging this program. Kevin, you're giving the thumbs up. What's your opinion <laughs> on all this? Is this the right thing for us gamers? It took... It took a lot for Microsoft to convince me to go to Windows 10. Mm. Even those bloody, up, like, you know, the contrarian pop-ups and everything, yeah. auto-updates. I fought so hard against them, but I didn't like I'm their friendly reminders, mate. 10. They're just trying to be nice guys and it's keep you up to date, you know? Microsoft here. Yeah. <laughs> just, like just checking in. But, yeah, no, I'm so, like, I was so happy to see this now then. Um, Microsoft are really like doing the right moves here. I will absolutely support Xbox and Microsoft uh, in this approach. 
Um, I will absolutely be upgrading to Windows 10 for free, um, just for Forza Horizon and mm. you know games like Cuphead, We Happy Few, um, Crackdown 3. Um, a lot of games I've been really excited for, but haven't quite you know bought an Xbox One for. Um, I'm just I'm just super stoked about it. The only thing that I have like uh, I'm, I'm a bit wary about is the port quality, because um, I do recall Quantum Break and mm. I think Gears of War Ultimate Edition being less than stellar ports. Mm-hmm. But like you've got to give a bit of trust, you know, for Microsoft to pay off, and that's what I'm doing. I'm giving them my trust and. I'm just hoping that it doesn't backfire. Yeah, and if you're getting it for free, then, like, really, kind of, how fussy can you be about the port quality, I guess? Like, <laughs> I mean, I get, I get, like, you don't want to see it just kind of shoehorned over. You want to see that, like, press enter rather than X or whatever. But, um, like, yeah, I, I think it's a, a really great deal. And it, I, think, I think I may have mentioned this before. Like, it pretty much means that whatever PC game I buy now, like, I will buy on Xbox first. Um, especially these ones that are kind of multi-platform anyhow. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, it's a, a really, really cool thing. Super excited for it. Um, what do you make of uh, this idea of Xbox as a platform, Matt? Um, we've uh, seen them kind of teetering on the edge a little bit, but they seem to be going sort of gung-ho into it now in, in creating Xbox as a larger platform outside of just its hardware. Um, do you think this is a good thing for, for Microsoft to be exploring? It's um it's pretty strange that they've like well I wouldn't say strange it's like interesting that they've done it because like I, you know we remember when uh, Xbox you know first came out and they had sort of games on the Xbox and you could buy the same game on the PC and then mm-hmm. um, you know for a while that was that was the mainstay with any Microsoft title as kind of like a dual release and then they moved away from releasing it on the PC and just stuck with you know the Xbox console releasing it on the Xbox console without actually releasing you know a PC port which kind of you know it burned a lot of uh, fans of the series who you know the games who didn't want to buy an Xbox they were happy playing it on PC so you know now that they're kind of reverting back to that old system I, like, I think it's a good thing because it still helps those people who don't want to buy a console. You know, there are people who just refuse to buy consoles outright, um, you know, regardless. Because uh, they don't see it as, like, a, you know, justifiable thing to have when they can play most of the same games on the PC. Um, and so I feel that, you know, they're kind of... They'll be regaining, um, you know, a user base that they've kind of alienated in the past couple of years. Um and it also allows people who, you know, if you've already got one console, like, you know, PS4 owners, you know, if, for instance, like, you know, at the end of the year when I upgrade my PC, I'll be able to play, you know, the same games on, you know, PC that I'd be able to play on uh, Xbox One. Um, mm. It actually, yeah, it gives me that opportunity. It means I don't have to go out and buy another console just to play those games, so... Mm, mm. Yeah, I wonder if it'll make my Xbox One console redundant. You know, I sit at my desk, I've got my PlayStation set up here, but my Xbox sits in another room. So I wonder if, you know, it's going to come to a point where I, I never switch on my Xbox and I'm just sitting here in front of my, my computer all day anyhow. Um, but that is kind of part of the uh, concern, I guess, surrounding this program. Um, Jake, guess- I'll, I'll throw it over to you. Oh, sorry, Matt, did you want to weigh in? I was weigh just going to add, I guess, that the other thing is, you know, with uh, the rumors that Scorpio, you know, is going to be on mm. par with like gaming PCs and stuff, maybe mm-hmm. they are finally moving away from the whole console thing in the end and and just trying to make you know dedicated gaming PCs, you know. Mm. Well, yeah. Bearing bearing that in mind, Jake, there's also been sort of criticism leveled against Xbox that they're sort of letting uh, letting go of the the Xbox One and sort of neglecting the original. Uh, the, the people that sort of got into Xbox early, those early adopters, if you will. Um, do you think they are kind of ignoring them? Do you think they are sort of moving away from them or being or neglecting them in any way? Um, look, I think it might be uh, a little bit too early to tell exactly what their plans will be. You know, there's mm. definitely a lot of rumors hitting the mill and, and swirling around. Um, I don't think they will. I think it will be a very bad move for them. Um, and they've... I think had their fair share of bad moods uh, moves already in this uh, yeah. kind of next gen season. So I don't think they will really look at doing it anytime soon. It might be on the cards, but I don't think we'll see it until <coughs> maybe the the next kind of uh, consoles that come out after this whole generation. So yeah, it'd be interesting though. 
Yeah, and then I suppose my final question then is, which I'll, I'll allow for all of you to answer, but Kevin, perhaps we'll start with you. Um, do you think that this is a, a wise idea for the industry as a whole, uh, as to look at to moving towards a platform rather than a singular device? Um, you know, should PlayStation and Nintendo perhaps uh, look at allowing their games to be played on PCs and other platforms rather than just isolating entirely to their console? Um, do you think um, the idea of an exclusive is kind of dying in that regard? Um, oh, it's a tough one because in my in a perfect world, all three companies would you know work on one you know say just work on PC as a singular platform, and like Nintendo would release all the exclusives on PC, and so would PlayStation and Microsoft. Mm. But that's also a very complicated sort of dream. Um, I mean, you're looking at, it's, it's just, it wouldn't work in this world, like, I, I can just see it not working at all. Um, and I do share a bit of fear that the Xbox One will suffer from, you know, a loss of popularity. But, in the other hand, I'm really happy that, you know, PC is being supported so well by Microsoft. So, in the end, it's, it's, a, it's a very tough, like, line to walk. Um, I'm just... It, it's going to be a weird future, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, this, when the Scorpio comes out, I reckon that'll sort of be Microsoft's either their triumph or their death blow for consoles. Um, because that's sort of the, that's where they're putting all their money into, all the this, all this big specs and everything. Um, and I personally, I, I like, I don't love exclusives, obviously. Um, I don't like the idea of having to buy a console to play games, but in the, on the other hand, my whole life has been raised on the idea of exclusives, so I'm, I'm almost too used to it at this point. Mm. Do you agree, Matt? Do you think it is going to be a bit of a weird future? Uh, I, I reckon it's uh, a very strange future. Like, you know, we're moving into a lot of unknowns, you know, the way technology's kind of gone that, you know, you don't know what companies are going to kind of come out with next and what they're, you know, what we're going to see in the future. Um, I mean, hey, like we were talking about, you know, even partnerships between companies that never kind of happened. Who knows that, you know, if one of them turned around and said, we're going to partner up with another com you know, company and basically try and take the third company down. You, you just don't know in this day and age. So. Mm. so wrap it up for us, Jake. Do you, think, uh, do you think this is a wise move? Should we see other people go for it? How should we react to this news? Um, I definitely think it's a wise move. Um, I think Microsoft, out of uh, all the big players, definitely has the upper hand of having, you know, Xbox uh, as well as, you know, a, a PC kind of uh, platform to be able to, I guess, experiment with. I don't know how, you know, if Sony got into the game. I don't know how they would do something like the, uh, the Play Anywhere kind of thing as well as Nintendo. Like, I mean, they both have portable uh, gaming consoles but at the same time not every game is going to work on those um, I did find it interesting I was just reading our Facebook page uh, Brendan Brown asks is this a digital only thing and Shannon our uh, supreme overlord uh, did say unfortunately it appears to be digital only um, mm. so it would be cool to see it come to I guess you know some way of you know grab a physical copy and it's still the same thing um, but I, I definitely think it's a wise move. They've definitely played a very good card, and we'll see how it kind of works for them. Yeah, yeah. I like the positivity. I, I, I share the sense of optimism, I think. Um, another thing I'm optimistic about is uh, the Nintendo NX. I know there's a lot of skepticism surrounding it, but uh, Ubisoft have come out in the week and uh, said that they will be supporting the Nintendo NX. CEO Yves Guillemont confirmed, um, French is terrible, uh, has confirmed that the company will be supporting the Nintendo NX. In fact, the company has already announced Just Dance 2017 for the NX. No other games have been confirmed yet, but it is promising to see that Ubisoft will be supporting the console. Uh, he says in a quote, you can expect we'll support Nintendo. Uh, when asked if Ubisoft would have games ready for the NX's launch window, he said, quote, Nintendo is one of the best partners in the world. So being particularly vague there, uh, but, uh, but Kevin, you know, we, we've talked about Nintendo at length. How important is this news for Nintendo in securing this partnership? Um, I mean, we saw, we saw what happened with the Wii U. Mm. Ubisoft came out in full support. And then they released what uh, that zombie game. I can't even remember what it was called. Uh, zombie U. And then that was oh, it. Bad. That was literally that was it. Bad. Um, was there not a John Stance yeah, game was... that came out as well? I feel like there may have been one. 
Oh, Early yeah, launch. but like in terms of like exclusives just for the Nintendo. Oh, sure, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I'm assuming this partnership would mean they're focusing a bit more on Nintendo and it's for exclusives for the NX. Mm. Um, obviously, due to the failure of the Wii U in terms of like sales, Nintendo probably took a step back up to Zombie U and they didn't want to spend as much, you know, money and resources in developing Wii U exclusives. So in the end, it comes to whether the NX will be successful as a console. So obviously... Once, once they see the numbers of and uh, the annex numbers um, and sales and sales figures and everything, they'll be like, okay, we're gonna be, we'll divert this much resources into annex only titles. So obviously, there's gonna be a one like so something like Zombie U where there's one big annex exclusive from Ubisoft, and that'll sort of, sort of either get the ball rolling or be like a, a jump in the water for Ubisoft to test um to test the audiences. And obviously, if the NX is successful, I can definitely see Ubisoft uh, doing more and more exclusive games. And if the NX is a bomb like the Wii U, um, I can definitely see them sort of backpedaling on their statements. Mm. Yeah, Kev- uh, sorry, uh, Matt, is this, uh, is this a big risk for Ubisoft, do you think, uh, in making a statement such as this? Um, do you see them kind of losing face as they did with the, the Wii U? Or do you hold out hope that this, uh, this could be beneficial for them in the long run? I think that, uh, well, you know, it, it basically will go one or two ways, you know, like you'll either, they'll either come out, you know, all guns blazing, uh, with some decent titles that, you know, um, they could easily, you know, put straight on the, the NX and, and, you know, leave the, uh, the competition behind. Uh, but I suppose it also all depends on, you know, the con, yeah, the console itself and the power it's got. I mean, you know, if, people are willing to support the NX and buy the games, then, of course, Ubisoft's going to make their money off it. You know, that's... And that, you know, deep down, that's what we know all the game companies want is the money, you know. Like, half of them don't really care about the experience you get. Um, Mm. I mean, you know, we saw Watch Dogs was... um, When it came out, you know. Um, And I just think that, you know, uh, it's, it's fine for Ubisoft to come out and say that. I mean, you know, Ubi's been around for God knows how long and... You know, they, they had a fair bit to do with the Wii and then a little less to do with the Wii U because, you know, they had to port stuff and, you know, Nintendo kind of expected them to port stuff with extra features to do on the gamepad and everything. So I suppose that the biggest thing that Ubisoft would have to deal with uh, is if Nintendo tries to cram another gimmick into their console like they have in the past too. Um, because basically if they cram another gimmick into the console and they can't, you know, make ports or anything viable for you know any other consoles uh i think that's where they're going to lose most of their money because you know it takes a lot of time to force a gimmick into a game that doesn't need a gimmick so mm, mm. jake what it, what sort of ubisoft properties do you see being a good fit for for the nx or in, in nintendo's roster i suppose jeez oh, what even is the nx that is the question <laughs> that is um, the question it's a brand yeah. Yes, I wanted one of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, like, I guess it really depends on, like Matt was saying, like, you know, is Nintendo going to bring out another gimmick? Are we going to see, you know, even more kind of a uh, move, what do you call them, motion kind of controls and everything like that once again? Um, you know, obviously Just Dance is always a, a, a good one on the Nintendo systems. It is always one that people like getting, um, even though it's not my cup of tea. Um, you know, who knows? With the the Steep game coming out, we might see a rebirth of the uh, Wii Fit uh, board that yeah, they the brought Wii out in, a, yeah, in some kind that? of way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it really kind of depends on, on what exactly the Nintendo NX is. And at the moment, I think it's it could go... Either way, for Ubisoft and Nintendo, you know, Nintendo might bring out this console that is awesome and Ubisoft has this upper hand with already having some launch titles or it could go south and, you know, Ubisoft has made a very bad mistake. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, to move on, uh, we're going to address uh, a listener topic now. It is uh, quite quite a big topic, I think, quite a serious topic and should uh, prompt some interesting discussion. Um, it comes from Scotty over on Twitter or at Bongon69. Good name. Credits to that. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, the topic is gambling and, and video games. 
Um, I sense in, in suggesting this topic, he may have been referencing some of the recent controversies surrounding the uh, CSGO gambling, uh, which involved two prominent YouTubers that promoted a site without disclosing the fact that they, in fact, co-owned it. Um, interestingly enough, the site as well in question didn't have a minimum age restriction. Now, I know, Kevin, you've been following some of these stories quite closely. They've been a bit of an interest to you. Um, how much of an issue is gambling within the context of video games? Um, well, when you tie in things like microtransactions, especially in mobile games, um, which a lot of it is gambling, especially with the web, with this topic in question, um, it is quite a prominent issue, especially with Counter Strike uh, Global Offensive, which is the which is the game in question. So basically, these two owners. Um, they owned a Counter-Strike uh, CSGO um, gambling website uh, where you gamble weapon skins, which are assigned monetary values because you can spend real money on it. Mm. Now, the loophole basically is because it's a game and it's not they don't consider it as like real money because it's uh, weapon skins. But just like in, say, um, Japan's pachinko machine, <coughs> that's how they get around the, the gambling laws there. It, it's still, you're still using real money, you still you still can win real money, because you can auction off those skins and earn, earn your money back. And they, these are skins, like, we're, we're talking not just a few dollars, we're talking thousands and thousands of dollars. Like, individual skins alone can cost up to five to ten grand, you know? And the main problem is, yeah, there, there is an age restriction, but it's for 13 years old, which is the Steam minimum age restriction. Right. So we're, we're talking about a gambling website. It is pure gambling, which is meant to be for 18 and over. Some, I think, I think all countries is 18, maybe 21 for some. Um, we're looking at a gambling website, and it's for thir like 13 year olds can are able to access it. Mm. And they're able to spend like to spend real money and you know make real bets, and it's just it's absolute it's absolutely horrible. And what these two people have done, these two prominent YouTubers, is that they've they've rigged results on their YouTube videos to make it look like they could win better better skins off this off their website. Mm. So it would show they would get it would show videos of them you know gambling weapon weapon skins using CS:GO Lotto, which is the website there, and, and then it shows up winning you know large sums of money like a really rare skin like two three grand, and then they would react on like on the video like with a huge amount of surprise and like happiness, and it's just all fake you know they've they've rigged the results it's clear that they've rigged the results at this point, and they because they have. Because they're the owners of the website, they have access to backdoor algorithms, and you know they're able to rig the results. So it's just absolutely horrible. Um, I absolutely condone it. You know, I do not. I mean, it's bad, but I like it. Um, <laughs> uh, um, and Valve. I know a lot of people love Valve, but they've really got to take extra steps towards preventing this kind of stuff because I'm guessing a lot of kids who are huge fans of these two webs uh, of these two YouTubers they've probably lost a lot of money on this website you know mm. so it's just it's, it's just not on mm. yeah well th I mean there's obviously a, a whole array of ethical issues involved with that particular case uh, but my question to you Matt is um, how closely do you see kind of gaming and gambling uh, as being related like how, how closely are they interrelated do you think that that gaming encourages gambling at all uh i i really don't think that uh i know for like uh, you know there's there's borderline things like of course you can you know you can download apps and stuff on phones where you can play slot machines and you know eventually you can start choosing to bet real money or whatever and of course that leads into a slippery slope because uh, a lot of people get caught up in the gambling trap of you know there's always a win around the corner you know that's that's basically mm. why, you know, these guys have got caught because they were, you know, they were faking the fact that they could be winning stuff and then people are like, oh, you know, if I play, then I can win quite easily, you know. Um, I don't think gaming alone, you know, leads to sort of gambling and stuff, but it, it all depends on how far the game pushes it as well. Like, I mean, we've seen even in the past, you know, like the Pokemon games on the on the Game Boy and the DS, the Pokemon games started off with slot machines in them, you know, at, uh, as a mini game. 
and they that was so, there was so much controversy like around the world that they actually removed the you know the slot machine game from all Pokemon games. Like in the most recent one, there's no slot machines. Mm. Um, so I like you know I I just don't I like I don't believe that gaming leads to gambling, but there's always sort of a way that people will get into it because I mean like you even look at esports and stuff these days people bet on esports matches people bet you know in the same way that they bet on sports matches in the same way that you know they bet on look look at the recent Australian election there were betting odds in the Australian election for God's sake Mm. um you know and yes there are ways of people you know preventing sort of the youth from getting into gambling but of course eventually people are going to find ways around that or you know someone's going to manage to get around that in a way that nobody expected um Mm. and i just think like it's a it's a very shaky ground like you know i i i don't gamble except for maybe once a year on the melbourne cup and that's even even that's really limited you know Mm. um i yeah but um some people you know are completely different some people are always chasing that win so it's a very slippery slope so yeah, I think your opinion is quite close to mine in that um, I don't think the two are inherently linked. I don't think there is an inherent connection there. Uh, but certainly there has to be some, there is some overlap. Um, you know, g- gambling is a phenomenon that's existed for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Uh, and the form of which it's taken place has, has changed dramatically over time. Um, in some ways, I feel that it does exploit kind of tropes that we've become used to within video games uh, to hook you in, I guess, increase the level of addiction. Uh, and I think in that regard, they're, they're quite irresponsible. You know, if you, if you just look at a, at a slot machine, it's using very similar sort of hooks as to what a video game may do. Um, similarly, in the other direction, I think some video games are bordering on the line where it's potentially irresponsible as well. Um, even in the way such things as like uh, the loot boxes in say Overwatch work, uh, the way that you you p- you pay money to buy a loot box, or you can do through microtransactions, um, that potentially rewards you with it, it's like a luck, like a lucky dip, I guess, in that sort of stage. Um, and there is kind of an addictive nature to it, which I think we have to be very very careful in managing. Um, although. I think there is a larger sort of societal issue that surrounds all of this, um, and I certainly think that both, you know, both gambling companies and organisations need to behave responsibly, as do gaming companies and producers, and of course developers. But um, I think the societal context in which this is all allowed to exist, and the way this is all managed, is probably the larger issue. I think people that have struggled with gambling um, certainly need to seek help and, and approach those those relevant helplines. Um, rather than necessarily pinning the blame on the gamblers and or the video game makers or whatever, certainly there is an element of responsibility there. Um, but it's uh, something that can be mitigated um, throughout our own interactions, I suppose. Um, but Jake, I sense you have been itching to to weigh in on this topic as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on all of this? Yeah, it's just like a really interesting one. And I mean, you know, Matt, you you brought up a good point before, which kind of sparked um, me remembering like with all this like YouTubers and things like that, like one of the YouTubers, uh, I think it's, I think his name's like T Martin or something like um, in one of his videos, like uh, especially one, the one where he promotes this um, CSGO Lotto website, like for the very first time, like he's like, oh guys, like I went onto this, I found this new website and I, you know, I just placed a small bet, you know, it was only about like 50 bucks or something. Um, but even though it was small, like the feeling that I got from it was just like so good. Like, you know, like he's promoting that, you know, addiction side in that very first video, like, pro- you know, promoting that whole website, which is a very, very dangerous line. And like considering considering like his target audience and like this is a massive issue i have with like people in the spotlight like you need to kind of adapt your content to your target audience you might have started like this guy might have started his youtube channel thinking yeah i'm gonna get people that are like 25 plus watching and um you know, after that, it's kind of like, well, it's not the case. He's getting like 12 year olds and he's getting, you know, 15 year olds, everyone under 18. And he hasn't adapted his content from there. 
like you know it's the same kind of issues this is bringing in a whole lot of other stuff but same kind of issues of like you know justin bieber and things like that when he was starting to have his you know kind of meltdowns and all kinds of mayhem he went through it's kind of like you know you need to be able to one be conscious of who your target audience is and two adapt your content to it like if if that's if you don't want a target audience that ha- is like 13 years old then you know you need to kind of come up with a way to change that and whether that be restrictions on your channel or whatever it may be um you know it's it's just one of those things that you know as a youtuber as a as a person in the spotlight he had responsibility and from the get-go of promoting this site he definitely had down the wrong wrong kind of way with it and you know that's a, that's a dangerous thing especially since the website it is a gambling website like that's what it is like the fact that one of its uh privacy policies is that you know oh you can be 13 years of age uh you have to be 13 years or above like that's just that's super irresponsible um and i think the way valve has kind of gone wrong in it is that valve has allowed you know users of this website to actually log in with their valve accounts as well um kind of the somewhat uh condoning the actions of of sites like these so irresponsibility all round yeah yeah well i i do want to reach out to anyone listening if you are experiencing any issues uh with gambling whether it be in video games or otherwise uh there is help available you can go to gamblinghelponline.org.au or contact 1-800-858-858 that's 1-800-858-858 and there'll be plenty of people there willing to assist you. Um, but to move on for a totally different tack now, uh, let's, uh, let's play a game of What the Wiki, shall we, to, uh, to end today's episode. Uh, so uh, the scores currently uh, are Shannon on three, Frogus on two, Medi on two, everyone else on zero. So Shannon on three. Uh, yeah. I yeah, feel like that's a bit of a rigged mate. job. Uh, he won his one, the first two and then the fourth, I think, something like that. He's done. He's done pretty well. Credit to him. Maybe, maybe he deserves <laughs> to be the editor, editor in chief after all. Huh? <laughs> That's how he got the job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I noticed, yeah, none of you guys are on the scoreboard, so someone's got an opportunity to enter the contest here. How about oh that? Oh my god, right. so exciting! No pressure, no my pressure. So for those that don't know, What the Wiki is a quiz show where I, the host, will read part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game, and you, the contestants, even you listening at home, uh, may guess the game. The first contestant to buzz in and guess the correct game scores a point. The first to two points wins. Contestants, are we ready? Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right, here's the first game. The game is a puzzle platformer adventure video game developed by Playdead. The game is played at second title following their critically praised 2010 game. The game is thematically very similar. Jake? Are we talking about Inside? We are talking about Inside. First point goes to Jake. Well done. So that's a game that obviously came out in the past week and has been receiving incredible reviews, including a 10 here at Mm. Press Start Australia. Only the second game this year, I think, to... Well, only the second game this year. There's been two games this year to have received such a score. That was... uh, I obviously gave one to uh, Firewatch as well. Um, However (laughs) controversial that may be. Uh, But, uh, you know, not something that gets handed out all too often. So very exciting indeed. Congrats, Jake, on the opening point. Are we ready for game number two? Absolutely. All right. Listening intently. The game is an adventure platform video game developed by Rare and published by Nintendo for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Matt. It was... Matt? I want to see if I can get this off the bat. Uh, (laughs) Is it Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Conquest? Perfect. You even got the apostrophe in the right place. I'm seeing seeing a... uh, a pattern you're in with the games that you've picked. Yes, I've obviously been pulling these games from the news. Uh, So yeah, that one dropped up again. There's obviously still uncertainty on Gaff. People are like, (laughs) apostrophe's in the right place. So yeah, decades later, the Diddy's Conquest is with the the, uh, apostrophe in the wrong place. Still causing confusion, but obviously not for you, Matt. I don't don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> what does it's Conquest? Quest? Why is it not Kong's Conquest, Quest, Matt? Diddy Kong's Quest. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, game number three. Fingers on fictional buzzers. 
the game is a first-person survival horror video game developed by Ubisoft Montpellier for Wii U, PlayStation 4, Xbox Kevin. One. Kevin. 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 Is, is, is it zombie? It is! <laughs> As you mentioned earlier, this episode by Kevin. <laughs> I tried okay. not to make a face. <laughs> I want this so Kevin, bad. Kevin, that's your second point. Congrats! You've won the <laughs> no, round. Of what no, the no, round. no, that's, that's, his, first. First that's his first point. We've oh, all wait, got one okay, point. We're one, oh, we're one gosh, all. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, oh, good thing I prepared a tiebreaker. It's a Ted Heat. Go thing. to the tiebreaker. All right. Okay. Well, I wasn't. I didn't think we'd go to a tiebreaker. So maybe you guys will get this one easily. <laughs> I've been impressed by how quickly you've got the game so far. Fair play. All right. So game number four, the tiebreaker. I can tell Jake's nervous. Ooh, ooh. All right. Here we go. The game is a science fiction first-person shooter developed by id Software and published by Bethesda Matt. Softworks. Uh, oh. Oh, Matt got in there. Doom. Damn it. Uh, I need some more information. Doom 4. No, I don't. No, I don't. Yeah, Doom 2016. <laughs> Doom 4, Doom yeah. 2016. Damn it. I knew it was going to be Doom. I was like looking at it on the Facebook too, being like, he's going to say this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, I noticed that uh, the Doom has been reduced in price at, uh, at Target. And yes. some people on Twitter were like, oh, should I get it? And I'm like, hells yes, get it. This is one of the game of the year. Uh, so I was in there. I really wanted to read the second sentence though. The game's single play mode has quote badass demons, big effing guns, and moving really fast as key principles, <laughs> according nice. to software that's executive producer. I like games right. where you move really fast. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a great quote. Uh, it was in fact Doom. Matt, you've taken home the point. How do you Woo! Woo! You stole my victory, mate. Oh, <laughs> someone's got the uh, the sound that was me. sound button there. Well played. <laughs> was that you, Jake? No. I just no, said it was me. Oh, no, sorry. No, I wasn't. No. I wasn't listening. I didn't listen to you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, that brings an end to what was episode 59 of the Starcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, any other podcast service of your choice, as well as obviously following Press Start on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at PressStartAU and visiting the site at PressStart.com.au. Thank you very much to Bongong69 or Scotty over on Twitter for tweeting in his topic today. You can, you're more than welcome to do that. Tweet either myself at UNT Roxburgh or Prestart at Prestart Australia or Prestart AU, I should say. I should get that right. It's kind of important. I've been your host, Ewan. You can follow me on Twitter or on Instagram. Joining us today was Jake. Hey guys, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Jake Barros. I just uploaded the uh, most anticipated games video for July. So go check that out and see if you've got a mention in that. Yeah, that is a video you can participate in as a exactly. press start audience member or viewer or listener or part of the squad. Or however you choose press. to interact with us, we got to come what, up what with like a proper name. I don't press know. Like, I just I've just press been, start been calling press starters. Press start enthusiasts. Press start. Press starters. It seems button mashes. Button mashes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've also been joined today by Kevin. Hello, you can follow me on everything on Genghis Khan 92 at the H. Um, working on a review for Odin Sphere. I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. Yeah, um, yeah awesome. Um, that should be coming out imminently. And I've got a video just kicking around that I should upload <laughs> pretty soon. So just keep an eye out. I don't know. Did anyone hear me burp halfway through? <laughs> Kevin talking no, no. Oh, good. I'm glad You're that safe, didn't come through. But now you've made light to it. Yeah, <laughs> listen out back. Listen out for it. Go back. Um, and then taking home the points on what the wiki today, we were joined by Matt. Woo! That's me. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at mvzmari. My Instagram somewhere in there. Um, and the only thing I'm working on lately is reviews because uh, I don't have a decent setup to do videos. So, um, <laughs> but they they will come one day. They will come one day. So one day. One day. You've got the skills, just not the uh, not the tools, right? No. Yeah. You yeah. feature, Matt. You do feature in some of the the play yeah. ones we do. Yeah, I try. I try and make my yeah make my presence known. Um, that's yeah, always fun. Yeah, you curl so. abuse I'm, at me while we play. Uh, yeah, Rocket I'm League. pretty sure there's a video up there saying like Matt's like abusive nature or something. Yeah. You're in there, man. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you you know you could probably put a half an hour video of me just swearing consistently in Rocket League or something. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's always entertaining. Any number of video games, probably. Well, yeah. look out for Matt's review of Grand Kingdom. That'll probably be up by the time you are listening to this podcast. So give that a read. See what he thought of the game. And until next time, this is you and out. Happy gaming. Bye. Goodbye.